Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello friends and listeners, welcome to our Impacting Jamaica podcast. My name is Shelley Ann Harris. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Keith Duncan, President of the Private Sector Organization of Jamaica, PSOJ. The Private Sector Organization of Jamaica has partnered with the Jamaica Constabulary Force to launch a $2 billion five-year social transformation and renewal initiative dubbed Project STAR. Friends, Project STAR sounds promising, and that is why I'm excited to welcome Keith Duncan to the podcast. Mr. Duncan, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Uh, thank you very much, Shelly-Ann, and um, it's a real pleasure to be here, and, and thank you for the opportunity to be able to share with um, your wide audience in locally and in the diaspora. Excellent. Happy to have you. Now, Project STAR is a partnership between the PSOJ and the JCF. One can't help but think that this, the crime mitigation is at its core. Tell us about so, how this partnership came about with the JCF. Yeah. So let me let me first start that it's a whole of society approach. So it's in a if there's a partnership um, that originated with ourselves and the JCF, which has extended into the um, the non-governmental organization community, into the social practitioners community, mm -hmm. um, into the uh, into the um, private sector, um, also um, into the um, communities themselves, right? And also a partnership with the government of Jamaica and its ministries, departments, and agencies. So it's an, a holistic response to social and community transformation. Now, how did it begin with the JCF? Right. Uh, the PSOJ and the Jamaica Constabulary Force has always has had a working relationship over the last three years or so. Mm -hmm. where it began with our PSOJ COVID-19 response fund, where we, uh, we, we identified that in the early days of COVID that there was a vulnerable population and those who were locked in or had to stay home. I don't know if everyone remember when they said Tanaya Yard. Yes. But, <laughs> it, yeah, it, but who was really supposed to Tanaya Yard was the, like the over 60s and 65s who were particularly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And um, and we um, we thought that um, the PSOJ should step up and um, see how we could do our part in um, in ensuring that we could we could take care of the more vulnerable in our society. So we we of course everything that we do is evidence based and data driven, mm -hmm. and so we looked at uh, the communities that were twenty five communities and um, that were chosen based on how vulnerable they were, the vulnerable population, the over 60s, et cetera, and determined that and we chose 25 communities. And we worked along with the Jamaica Constabulary Force, the Jamaica Defense Force, the 4 the 4-H community, the police youth clubs, the community organizations, the Social Development Corporation. And we ran a program for three months with care packages into the communities for this every two weeks into this, these same communities over the three-month period which was right when Jamaica was in a real lockdown period. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Now, the Jamaica Constable Force with their community safety branch and everyone decided that they needed to be the ones to deliver the packages because the police wanted to build those relationships in the community okay. to build the trust in the communities. And that okay. is where the origin of the relationship started with the JCF. And now we have now transitioned into, a so- into social and community transformation and renewal star. Social transformation and renewal. That's quite a catchy uh, term or name for it. I think it yeah. gives us excitement. It gives us a bit of celebrity. It gives yeah. us a little bit of, of hope, you know, stars in the sky. So congratulations on a great name that I think will resonate with anybody from any yeah. walk of life. So yes, congrats on we, that. Uh, we, need to give, um, we need to give credentials to Imega Breeze, the um, executive director uh, of the PSOJ. She came yes. up with Go Imega, I know her. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're saying it started initially with, you know, uh, working with the police, but has since evolved into all of society. Correct? Yes. yes. So so then, you know, you, you referenced some organizations and, yes. and entities that are a part of it. What about the regular people just listening? You know, the the do-gooders exactly. listening no, so- across the world. Who how can they get up be a part of Project Star? Exactly. And this is where now we want all of Jamaica because the first thing that we need to know is that um, we have been able to, as a country, achieve some level of macroeconomic stability as a country. Mm-hmm. Lower interest rates, more stable environment, um, you know, and with an economy that is much more stable. Now, it is no time to pay attention to. Um, the time has come to really focus our efforts on um, a whole of society approach, every individual, every, every private sector entity, every NGO, every ministry department and agency, everyone, every citizen of Jamaica coming together to see how we can ensure that every community in Jamaica can thrive. Because we all know that um, there we have some very marginalized and depressed communities that have good communities that have stars that has they have many stars in these communities that produce Mm -hmm. and put jamaica on the map right and there are many good people in these communities but you know we have have allowed a lot of these communities to kind of just um to kind of decay the social decay that has taken place Mm -hmm. and and it is time and because of social decay what you have is you know um you know people's values being eroded trust being eroded in um in authority in society in their dream of jamaica trust is being eroded and mm-hmm. the only way to do so is to change our mindset to know that if we work together as a country individuals communities everyone working together that we can change our reality we can change our outlook we can we, we because we know whatever we put our mind to as jamaicans we can do it right so how can we participate you know where there's um, we on projectstarjamaica.com there is a there is a there there is a menu of of of, um, of um, activities that one can do to get mm-hmm. involved whether you're a diaspora organization or local organization or just an individual mm-hmm. you can volunteer um, you can um, you can donate and contribute if you choose you can provide training on inter- on internships you can do mentoring you okay. can just do little acts of kindness. You know, um, you can um, you can adopt a school any way that you think that you can help 
Um, you know, and then you all you know is need to just go on projectstarjamaica.com, JA, sorry, projectstarja.com. And there's a whole menu of ways in which you say, I would like, this is how I can help. Then you will go into a database of all the participants and then we will now keep you abreast of what we're doing, where we're going. And then we will pull on those skill sets where we see or, mm -hmm. um, or um, fit or where you are, can make yourselves available. So we can, we can move forward in these communities in a programmatic way, but a sustained way. Sounds good. Um, practical ways for people to get involved. Yes. What are they getting involved in? We started off by talking about the care packages and it has mushroomed. It has become a much bigger thing. Yes. What are we asking people to get involved in? You also referenced 25 communities there about that, that are targeted based yes, on the so, evidence that you have found. So, yes, but so what that, are people so, doing in those communities? So those 25 communities that I was referring to was this origin of the relationship with Constabulary Force okay. when we did our PSOJ COVID-19 response fund. Mm -hmm. Right. So now we have now gone and now and we have now looked at the um, evidence based data driven again. We have looked on social transformation, economic transformation of these communities and mindset change of these communities. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing in these communities? Let's talk about that first. So the yeah. first big pillar is social transformation. So what this means is from it right through the life cycle of an individual from early childhood through um, adolescent through to adult through to parents we are going to be designing programs with the community community owned mm -hmm. working with community transformation boards right we're going to be designing social programs to um to focus on where the needs of the community are so we know there are critical areas. We know there is the young children um, that, and young men that may, between the ages of say five and 14, mm -hmm. that may become targets for gangs. Mm -hmm. We want to get to them early. We want to ensure that they we're supporting their schools, that we're doing mentoring, that we're, that we're teaching them life skills, that we're showing them another way. We're giving them exposure outside of their community. A lot okay. of them just don't leave their communities, right? And then for the parents, no, there is um, there are parenting um, social programs interventions because we know the parents. Um, you know, we have we have parents who are 13, 14 years old, or sometimes even younger, right? And they don't have the skill set as parents, and they sometimes out of frustration. Then you know there is you know there is domestic violence and violent behavior. Well, if you have violent behavior towards children, that's how children grow up. Yeah. And they, what, what they learn is what they later manifest, right? Mm -hmm. So then you have parenting programs, right? And then you have programs for the at-risk youth in terms of how do you get them back on track, right? If they are at risk of becoming, um, of, of, of not because they just don't see a way and a path for themselves and hope and a way that they can, they can uh, honestly earn a decent income, right? Yeah. A decent income because what we have nowadays is that we have a low skill model um, in that 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 is in labor model that we have that drives Jamaica. Mm -hmm. We now need to show these youth who are very bright and a lot of them are with a ton load of potential that sit in many of these communities that just need that 
technical training, the soft skills training, the you know how to how to how do I how do I function in a formalized environment, in a work environment? You know what I mean? If I have entrepreneurial tendencies or those kind of skills and I am creative and I have critical thinking, how how do I manifest that into an opportunity? How can I become a YouTuber? How can I become an influencer? How can I make money through digital channels? How can I work remotely and make money? You know what I mean? There are just so many ways, you know, and um, for us to engage those young people between the ages of 14 and 29. I'm glad to, really to hear you. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because so many persons I've spoken to, particularly young people, when they talk about when you were when you mentioned a decent salary, yes, that's something that we really have to sit down and explore. What is a decent salary? Because the temptation to do um, yeah. illicit activities is yes. very strong. Sometimes yes. these young people don't want to do no illicit activities, but Minimum pay, minimum salary is just not, you, you can't live on it. it you can't you know? because by the time you pay a bus fare and you, 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 you can't afford it. You're starving. You're starving. And then you, you, and then you have mm -hmm. your children at home for somebody to take care of. So I'm glad not, when you say decent salary. Yeah. yeah. So it has to be livable. So mm -hmm. therefore, what we, um, one of the areas that we are working through, so therefore you have those social interventions. So that's a social transformation component. So mm -hmm. you're dealing with where there are needs. You're dealing with the psychosocial too, because many of these communities that have faced violence for so many years, right? And violent behavior, you know, there is what you call post-traumatic stress disorder. The, the, these people are stressed and they don't even know it sometimes. That's true. Right? Because yes. they're they are so resilient and they continue to push through on a day-to-day -day just to make ends meet, just to survive, that they don't even know. So therefore, psychosocial is extremely important important element of this so when you talk about the training you talk about the soft skills you talk about the mindset change so that um these uh, individuals from early childhood through the parents know that our reality can be different mm -hmm. that we're not we're not limited to what we have seen in our environment or from them bond right and then there's the economic transfer that's a social transformation like now you have the economic transformation now, if you are going to um, socially transform a community and there are no economic opportunities within those communities, right? Um, then, you know, um, you, are, you are training up the people, but where are those jobs? Where are those, where are those business opportunities? You know, um, where is it that you're going to increase economic activity and dollars more and run more economic activity and dollars into those communities because people are earning more? because they work and they're earning more because their businesses are doing better or they earn more in those communities because they, they, can, they form new businesses, right? So economic transformation is a key element. And this is where you now the link with the private sector is so important, mm -hmm. right? So the private sector, we are, and we have an agreement um, around with all of the major associations that they will look into their membership, right? to see what are those skill sets and jobs that are required. Construction, tourism, um, BPO, you know, I mean, we want more high value added BPO jobs, right? Mm -hmm. um, ICT, industry, information, communication, technology, right? Uh, manufacturing, all of these sectors, they need people, right? And then you have, and then you have a lot of these young people who, who are not even 
have not even offered themselves for the workforce. They're, so they're not even counted in the workforce right. because they have given up. They've given up or they just don't know how to go about getting a job because if them friend don't tell them how to get a job or them hear about a job fair and them run gone down somewhere to bring them a big job fair. But they just don't know because we haven't connected the dots for them. Mm-hmm. Right? So we now need to ensure now that one, that we um, that we are now trained up because it's a demand and supply. So you have the supply with all of these people who are sitting in these communities who really don't know where the opportunities are. And then you have this, the demand where the private sector is looking for jobs, looking for skill sets, looking for people to work. As we see, it's, it's every day you hear it in the newspaper, we're talking about importing labor and all that, right? Now, what we need to do is match those up and close it. And then we are working along with PATH for technical training. We're going to be working on the soft skills training to ensure that when people, people know that what it is to function in a formal environment, as I had said before, and working along with us, um, getting them into the formal environment, get, get them open bank accounts for them, get them into the formal environment, get them whatever IDs they need and just, just really just work on them, getting them prepared and ready to operate in a formalized work environment. But then the um, employers need to know also that they need to pay a livable wage. But hang on before you get to the livable wage. Question about stigma. Yes. It's something, you know, that you'll hear people from a certain community talk about that, you know, you change your address because there is a stigma about you and where you come from. And the truth is that sometimes where you come from is a volatile place. And there, from where I sit, there is a legitimate reason to have a little bit of concern when a particular address is shown. But then when you prepare people, you give them the training and the tools and bring them up to speed um, and they have their address on the resume. I am assuming that based on what this project is about, the PSOJ itself and their their members are prepared now to to not have stigma, (laughs) to embrace everybody um, within good faith based on the training and the the program that you're doing. Exactly, because what you have done is that the, the private sector entities will know um, and the associations that these young people or mem- you know, because they can be of the age, whatever, whatever age group, group they are, that they have mm-hmm. been prepared, mm-hmm. right? And that they know they will, they will better be able to function in a, in a formal work environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because before, when somebody must manage to get a job and manage to break in, um, to um, to a job opportunity, they were have not been appropriately prepared, right? And therefore, some of the um, some you know just them learning how to function and they're nervous about it and the imposter mentality that people have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That we have to break that down, and that's one of the key elements, and that is an area. So it's an end-to-end process preparing them, right? First of all, evaluating where they are. Where, where um, do we need remedial? Do you already have CXE subjects, but you just sit down at home because you just can't find an opportunity? Mm-hmm. Do, you have, do you have a degree? Do you have any technical certification? We know where you are, and then we can then work with you and get you to where you need to go. And therefore, but it's also going to provide an aspirational that young people or people who are getting into the workforce, not even so, they don't even have to be young, but they can see a pathway to earning. Mm-hmm. incomes that makes sense for them so whether it become a 
truck driver that earned good income, forklift operator working in manufacturing, or um, working as a sh um, on my way to become a chef in a restaurant or tourism, or but it is where they can aspire to earn so that you're taking off of the table that alternative illicit activity. Excellent. And now a word from our sponsors. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. John John, I know you're in there. I want to light to come back. I know Pinky this time. Akeisha. Keisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock me door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsco.com for more info. Welcome back to our podcast. And the second component to um, the economic transformation is mm -hmm. going into these communities, working with the business sector in these communities, the micro, the small, medium enterprises, and some large ones in there too, and mm -hmm. see how we can help them to, um, you know, how to help them around their own financial management, how to help them to access finance how to help them to get insurance for their business places. So when the business place burn down, it's not, it's, um, what happens it's not the end. It's not the end. Yes, it's not the end. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? So we're looking to formalize and then get them into the banking sector, the formal sector, where they know can do business. And you have to customize financial products for that. For, for that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, so that is, and then we now have to get the corporates know that we're, Working with the Jamaica Constabulary Force in creating a safer environment and helping the, the, the police, the Jamaica Constabulary Force to deepen trust with the community, what you will find is that the environment is safer for larger businesses and corporates to make investments in these communities where they earn from. Because these people are consumers, or our people in these communities are consumers of products, of, of large businesses. You know, right, I'm, so I'm, listen, I'm listening to some of that vision. And as I was about to say, that sounds mega expensive. But in the intro, we talked about the $2 billion project. Right. So I, I figure that the, yeah. all these partnerships that you have described from the get-go is part of how you're now able to the, the, the size right. of the initiative that you're describing. Yeah, because you're leveraging the, 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 um, remain the government of Jamaica has many of these many programs. like for Already example, in train, yeah already in train so when we go into a community we do the mapping we do we get the data we get the, we, and we say what is going on in this community let's understand where and we use hospital data to tell us about domestic violence because that don't necessarily get reported to the police mm -hmm. then we use crime data and that is um you know that is reported to the police and we say okay this is where, where the community is now when you sit now with the community and you you pull together 
all the stakeholders within the community, inclusive of um, the government agencies and like the Jamaica Social Investment Fund, the Social Development Commission, which must be a key driver of this project. Also, you're talking about uh, um, the, the churches, the, um, you're talking about the police, you're talking about the youth groups, you're talking about um, the community-based organizations, the community development councils, and you put that into a structure called community transformation boards. Mm -hmm. Everyone is working together now, taking the data and analyzing it and saying, and who knows the community more than the community members? They now will say, here is the menu of interventions. This is what we're doing with economic transformation, jobs, entrepreneurship, increasing business activity. This is the plan for the community. And everybody is participating in owning and designing and is owned and driven by the community. Mm. So it's not just seen as a little one intervention here or one intervention there. This is like a holistic approach that everybody in the community knows this is what is going on. We're, there's a partnership um, that is working together, government, mini, um, agencies, um, uh, social, social agencies, NGOs, social practitioners, business people, the financial sector, they're all working together, pushing resources into the community mm. that they may feel it and then they can own it and they own the plan. They say, yeah, this, this will work, right? And then, uh, and then what you will find is that then this thing becomes like all of a sudden, because you're dealing with social and community and economic transformation in the community, violence is going to reduce. Mm. So you're not going in there to say going to reduce violence. You're going in there to to work with the community to help lift the community. You know what I'm saying? Lift so that, the community. So that violence is no longer attractive. And and you can't leave out the the, um, the political the political people also because they have deep roots in these communities. So that that is a partnership that we all have to work together. No, we have mm -hmm. gotten the, um we have gotten the sign off from you know uh, endorsement from both the PNP and the JLP from the Prime Minister and from the leader opposition and the PNP. Mm -hmm. So this is and they know this is civil society led. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, so it is it it positions us well. You know, so, and we have chosen three communities to begin the work in, right? Um, and the first one is East Downtown Kingston. We have done some mapping. I'm looking at, we have looked at the data. And now we're I'm looking to be in the community in September, October, to be forming that community transformation board, working with the community, coming up with that community transformation board, right? We have a robust governance structure around this, you know, mm -hmm. starting with an oversight committee that is co-chaired by myself and, um, and um, Major General um, Anthony Anderson. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that includes private sector, civil society, the social, social practitioners, everyone sitting there. There's a project implementation committee that is um, chaired by Peter Melhedo, um, who, and that is made up of, again, um, representatives from social, from uh, business, from pr social practitioners on the ground, from civil society sitting there looking at the overseeing the community transformation plans and working with those community transformation boards to ensure that they deliver. And then we have a technical work group made up of the Planning Institute of Jamaica, HART, the Social Development Commission, Jamaica Social Investment Fund, the Violence Prevention Alliance, everybody um, technically driving to ensure we're doing what is technically right. But the most important, another very important area is monitoring and evaluation, because studies have shown that 
while the, all, all interventions are well-intentioned and good and do good work, doesn't solve nobody the problem. knows if we're getting the results. <laughs> or, or exactly. Or we don't know if it's solving the problem. Yes. We yes. don't know if it solves the problem. So the monitoring, evaluation, and reporting framework is very important. Very, very important to this, to this project. So there we go. We want to, be re to report to the public, to the communities, to our um, stakeholders, around the progress of the project. Where we are, what are the KPIs, what are the outcomes that we're looking towards in the, in the, in the, in the, in the short, ter short to midterm, in the medium term, and, in the, and in the, at the end of the life of the project, right? At the end of the life of the project, what do we expect to have? We expect to have a community architecture that's built out, that can own this for themselves, a working, a working, uh, a working modus operandi where all of these ministries, departments, agencies, businesses, social practitioners are in a mode and they understand how this whole structure works. Mm. So in a way, you are creating a pathway for communities to be able to stand on their own, exactly. to have that renewal as part of how regular life is lived, how they access their economic opportunities and be prepared for them. And right. it would seem to me that the board that you describe is a big part, the community board that you reference, transformation, transformation board, is a big part of that process. Oh yeah, man, because they need to be on it because they'll be meeting every two weeks or every month, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, to, be, to begin with probably every two weeks to begin to do the work, to do the planning, because they, you'll have to have a plan in place for the community. That right. this is what we are doing. And when you go in, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You're going to be working with those, um, those, those NGOs, those ministries, departments, and agencies that have programs on the ground. You're going to be saying, that, okay, let's all pull this together so that we are aware of whatever. So we get that synergistic effect and we're touching all the points of need for the community. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, now, Shellyan, you might think this is a big thing, you know, like this is like, it's a big dream, but Shellyan, this can be done. It's not hard. It's just a matter of coordinating efforts and managing. And we do this in the private sector. I know that it's in the private sector and I've seen, we've all seen the successes of the private sector, but you know, there's a way in which, and we have about a minute or so left, two minutes left in our podcast. There's a way in which we've seen, we hear of launches of projects and it's big and shiny initially. And I guess sometimes to be fair, those are, <laughs> sometimes that's a government project and you go, but this, I know it's a no, Jamaica, Jamaica is more than is ready for this. And Jamaica he's hungry is for it. But hungry. let me ask you this as I close. Yeah. People, people have gotten to a place of, I guess, distress, fear, yes, some amount of skepticism. There is, you know, the good fat, the good feeling, the good vibes that we generally have as Jamaicans. That, yeah, man, we can do this. Day. We can come back. We can be resilient. That that's who we are. I have to say some of that is fading. My last question to you then is what gives you hope that this will be successful? And what, what gives, gives you, hope? yes, what gives yeah. you hope that this will, Project Star will have the impact that you intend? Well, right now, one first of the ground is fertile. Everybody knows that we need something different. Everyone knows that we need, as a country, a solution that pulls everyone together. And secondly, that when I go into these communities and I, 
there are 99% of the people within these communities are good people sending them children to school, right? Um, working, where, working where they can, um, if they have an opportunity, want to do the right thing. But all they need is to be, um, to, to work together as a society so that their community can thrive. They can own it. They are willing to do it. I'll give one example, Shelly. Shelly on one example. I was, I, I used to do a series called Epoch on the Corner and I was mm -hmm. in Annette Gardens. And a group of the community members that I was um, that I was that I was um, dialoguing with, and um, and making a presentation and, and and engaging a session with, they said, "Let me show you where an opportunity is here." And they carried me to this theater called Ambassador Theater, um, that has been in disrepair, has been out of service for decades. And they said, "This here is right smack in the middle of this community could become." a business process outsourcing center, mm. right? And this could, and right here, Mr. Mr. Duncan, we have the labor pool right here, okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, if we connect all the, the critical stakeholders and you say, okay, let's bring in the um, Global Services Association business process outsourcing, let's get some of those entrepreneurs who are in that space, right? Because right now, in, in Kingston and St. Catherine, 160,000 square feet of space for BPOs are now required and there's no space that people are looking for business process outsourcing, um, global services um, operators are looking for space. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, and here is the financial because we have the financial sector with us. So you pull together the financial sector, you pull together the, uh, the, um, the, the business, the community, you pull together uh, the business community in terms of the private sector and the, um, to come and look at the opportunity. And you then, and then you pull together the community to own this as, an, as their own investment in the community. I mm -hmm. have a labor pool right there. So opportunities like this will arise. Indeed, they will. And I find, you know, in when we talk about theories of change and communications for social and behavior change, when we look at some of the change factors, it is found that when the community or the, the target audience uh, comes up with a solution or proposes the solution or are a part of yeah. the process of coming up with the solution, that it is more likely to stick or to exactly. succeed. So it's, it's plus, very, plus. very... Um, very hard, it's very, very critical to have that. And, and, the, and so STAR is community-led, mm. community-led. We are mere facilitators because we believe that every community can thrive. We see it in pockets, right? And what we have seen is that you have had interventions here or there that aren't sustained, and then there's an economic component to it. And then it's not a holistic approach, synergistic approach right across communities. Mm -hmm. So they, so the interventions don't necessarily stick. You do mm -hmm. it and you get some results, but they don't stick because we're not, not because they're not in the. It has to be sustainable. You have to be in there for a sustained period of time. All right. So this is really my last question, though. Um, yes. Yeah. You talked about you know in five years you want to see the communities owning it, but I still want to end with a vision in mind. What yes. does success look like in five years? What, how will you, Keith, feel like, yeah, this vision that we had has borne fruit in five years? 
So you have an engaged community, an, an, an engaged community. You have, you have people who are engaged in productive activity inside the community because you, this, businesses have now expanded their whole footprint in the communities. Outside of the community, where people from inside the communities have jobs, and they and they go back to, to live in their communities and not and not be afraid because as a result of the social transformation that has taken place mm -hmm. and the psychosocial and the fact that everybody believes and everybody has gotten that support in terms of that mindset change and the training and the tools mm -hmm. and the social interventions and the economic opportunities that they believe that they they will live in this community and there will be reduced levels of violence reduce risk of violence because people are very comfortable that they are that they can be productive that they have the tools the mental tools the social tools and the economic tools to realize and they are realizing not to realize but they are realizing it and um what you have is a cohesive peaceful community mm. and why does this matter to you personally, Keith Duncan? Uh, why does this matter to me? Listen, I grew up with um, with service as my middle name, mm. right? And um, and I'm I am I am actually I consider myself a problem solver and a and a solution oriented person. Mm -hmm. And I have been in these communities, and I know that the old Jamaican people are resilient and strong. And all they want is that opportunity. They said, just give us the basic services. Just ensure that we have sanitation, that we have the street light then, that the schools are getting good teachers, that, mm. that, we are, that we are preparing our children properly. And all of this is going to be a part of the program. You know what I mean? That we have the mm -hmm. green spaces where them can play football, that them have the youth club, them, that the youth them can be a part of and be engaged in. Mm -hmm. The police youth club, the 4-H youth club, all the youth clubs that everyone is engaged productively. And if we... Because what our people have to do to survive in these very tough communities where it's really hard to realize your potential, mm -hmm. they have to really push hard. And you can imagine if you just give them that opportunity, not give them, you know, work with them to design the opportunities that are required, and they are able to shine and mm -hmm. become stars. And they will, you will see how much a star we have. We will see the number of stars that we have. That's an excellent way. For us to end um, our discussion project star social transformation and renewal and your energy your passion your vision um mr duncan and all the partners that you've described is refreshing and is indeed what we need now in jamaica to restore hope and to be a shining light all pun intended on star for our communities across Jamaica. So thank you for being with us on Impacting Jamaica. We know that this project will have impact. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thanks again for the opportunity. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict and Stitcher.
You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.